mi gente, que tal? It's your girl, Dalis Jasmine, and welcome to Hello Latino. Today's guest is Claudia Rojas, born in Medellin, Colombia. She's a sweet, sweet soul, y'all. And in this episode, she talks about her journey to the United States, to corporate America experiences, to creating her own business, Books Made Easy Now. Claudia has 20 years of experience working in multicultural markets, specializing in the Latino market. In 2018, Claudia took a leap, followed her heart, and created Books Made Easy Now to help others become the best leaders and individuals they can be. And speaking of that, keep listening to the end of the episode to hear from Chris Gates, co-founder of Rise On, aka the best sponsor slash partner ever. He'll tell you all the beats about how to get started on your mental, emotional, and spiritual fitness journey. Get in. Well, I'm so excited to have you on. We, you know, we connected a long time ago, um, but Claudia, so, so excited to have you on on the show and excited to hear your story and more about you, your Latinidad, your background, um, and also what you're doing now, because I know you are a badass Latina entrepreneur and there's so much that we can learn from you. So I'm really excited to have you. Thank you for, for coming. No, oh, thank you so much. And thank you for having me. I'm really excited, you know, to uh, have a chat with you today and then just share a little bit about my story and uh, how I got to be here today. So thank you for having me. So we'll start with the first question. I love it. It's my favorite part. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you identify and why? So I am a Latina from Colombia. Um, I was born in Colombia and I came here at the age of 11. Um, and then I think from just getting to a different country at such a young age, it was really important to me to stay connected to my roots and my traditions and to just really keep it close, uh, close to my heart. The fact that I am a, a Latina, I'm from Colombia, and I think there's a lot of amazing things that I bring to the table because of that. So that's how I identify. Love it. And what part of uh, Colombia are you from? Medellin. Mm. So I don't know a lot about Colombia. I all I know is that I watch all the novelas from Colombia. <laughs> um and there's a big, you know, la música urbana, reggaeton, it's big in Colombia too. A lot of people know Colombia through that. Um but I know that Colombia is very diverse and there's so many different areas and depending where you're from in Colombia, you have um and correct me if I'm wrong, different cuisine, different um there's different cultures in each section or region of Colombia. Now, again, I don't know much. This is like things that I've kind of learned along the way, but kind of explain like the differences in Colombia. Absolutely. You know, there are a lot of differences and I will share with you. I've traveled all around the world. Traveling is one of my passions. And then every time I go back to Colombia, I'm just amazed of how beautiful it is. Just the colors are more vibrant. The green is more green. Just cities between mountains and the flowers and just the, the, the people and, you know, the culture is just so colorful that I'm just really proud to have had the opportunity to be Colombian. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> it, it's amazing. And it is uh, very different from city to city, like you said. So I was born in Medellin. I lived in Medellin um, until I moved here. However, my father lives in Santa Marta, um, which is um, kind of like by the beach towns. Um so culturally is very different because the climate is warmer and people are just, you know, a little bit um, louder, a little bit uh, more fun. The food is completely different. So you have a lot of seafood and coconut things and um, just a completely different flavor than I would see in the city uh, where climate was more kind of like springtime all year round. Um, and then we just had, um, you know, we just, uh, you know, in the Medellin, like we just 
go out. We're very friendly. Um, like we just stop at our neighbors' houses at any point. <laughs> uh, it's just completely different than what we are used to here. Right, right. So how was that for you going from Colombia? Like, what do you remember from your childhood in Colombia to moving to the U.S.? So I remember it was definitely a culture shock um, because, like I said, you know, when you're there, like you can just go to your little friend's house. Like you're like, okay, I'm going to go visit my friend. And you just walk across the street and knock (laughs) on the door and you just say, hey, I'm here to play with my friend, you know. And when I got here, they're like, no, we got to schedule play dates. I'm like, what do you mean schedule? I have all afternoon. (laughs) And you're like, I'm completely open. (laughs) Yeah. So that was a little bit different, you know, and like uh, you couldn't just stop in at your friend's house or uh, you couldn't just kind of like roam free through the streets, you know, all all the time. Um, And then the funniest part is I guess I got used to that here. And then I remember the first time I went back after five years, um, we were at the grocery store and I was like, wow, why do people stand so close to me? Why are they always talking to me? They're strangers. I don't know them because I had gotten used to just a completely different culture. And then of course, you know, as I grew up, I, I am a blend of both. So I definitely probably will stay too, to stand too close to you. I will definitely hug you when I meet <laughs> you. Um, I definitely talk to anybody and everybody because I feel like that's part of, you know, our superpower. Yeah, for sure. And where in the U.S. did you move? So I moved to a town called Mendham, New Jersey. And... It was just a tiny town, and I was actually the only minority in the town. So I can't even imagine. <laughs> I know. I can't even imagine a place like that today where I was literally like the only person that spoke any other language. Um, and it was it was quite the experience. So, of course, I always share. Uh, the principal said to my mom, uh, we have two choices. Since your child is the only person that is not... English as a first language, we have two choices. We either hire a teacher to teach her all her classes, but she's not going to socialize. So she will literally be stuck in this classroom just with one person the entire day. Or two, we can just throw your daughter in there and see how she does. So of course, as a good Latina mom, she said, throw her in. She'll be fine. Wow. Do you remember that? Like being like in those classrooms, like what in the world is going on? What are they talking about? Like, how was that for you? I do. I remember. And I think for most part, everybody was really understanding and welcoming. But I did have one teacher was my science teacher. And he knew I couldn't speak English. But every time like I was in class, he would look at me and he would say my name. And he would ask me a question. And I would look at him, deer in headlights, having no idea what he had said to me. And it would make me so angry. Like, he knows I can't answer. Why does he ask me questions every day? But then I made it my mission to answer him one day. So I think he just pushed me in a weird way to be better. Because instead of taking me six months to learn the language, I think I was able to carry a conversation within two and a half, three months because I would study like every time I had free and it was my mission to just be able to answer one of his questions. So he would stop asking me questions. And that day came and I remember he looked at me, he uh, said my name, he asked me the question (laughs) and I went, Oh, I know this one. <laughs> and and I answered. And just the satisfaction of having accomplished that goal, I think, also um, helped me in life kind of tackle things that are difficult head on. And the funny part is that, you know, I remember I would tell my mom, like, oh, he's picking on me and stuff. And And I was driven by that. But then the smile I saw on his face when I answered the question was one of being proud 
not one of, oh my gosh, ugh, this kid answered the question or not one of, I was bullying you. It was more of, wow, I'm proud. I knew she could do it. And mm-hmm. it was that tough love. Yeah, it was. And he actually ended up being one of the people that I would go to for help and I would go to for advice and I would go to for things because he wasn't afraid to take the difficult route to make sure I had growth. Wow. That's amazing. And you know, it's so funny. I'm hearing you talk about this and I'm thinking back to me speaking Spanglish in school and being in ESL classes. And I struggled in English so much, like grammar, words, like they didn't come easy to me. And I remember being so, I always felt so like behind in every English class, so much that I would study hard like every single day. Like it was all I did. I was like studying words. I was studying grammar. I was studying structure. I was studying all these things. It's so much that I feel like over time, I kind of developed a passion for it. And that, you know, now I have a whole career in communications and you know, I write all the time and I'm just like, wow, it's just crazy how we go through these moments where we don't realize it's a challenge, but it makes us who we are. Like I'm hearing you and I'm like, well, you're a speaker now, you're an entrepreneur. I'm like, this was all preparing you for what you do now. Absolutely. And I feel the same way, you know, those things that were difficult are the things that made me grow. And If I had to do it all over again, I would do it exactly the same way because like you said, that's what made us who we are today. The difficult, the pretty, the ugly, the things that made us cry, the things that made us happy, it it all just makes a perfect recipe to make the perfectly in-person, you know, imperfect people we are today. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And so I want to ask a question because talking about, you know, um, immigration and some people leave by choice, others leave because they're forced to or they feel like they're forced to. So do you know the reasoning behind your family immigrating to the U.S.? Was it just like we want something different? In our case, so my parents were divorced and uh, my mom just worked all the time to be able to support us. And, um, and then she just wanted a better life for us because we really didn't have much quality time together because she was just always working. And my dad, um, he lived in a different city. And of course, you know, he helped, but there's only so much you can do. Um, so right. she decided to um, come here because her sister uh, had been here actually most of her life. Uh, So she said, you know, if you come here, uh, you can work really hard, but you can make a really good life for yourself and your kids. And, you know, I can talk to the people where I work and see if you come here and like maybe they could help you with employment or, you know, we can see how we can do things. And uh, Mm -hmm. so she decided to come. And at first she didn't have like a office job or corporate job or utilize her skills, she was just taking care of kids. Um, so she was uh, like a nanny um, until she was able to get her paperwork in order, in order to be able to go back into uh, the corporate world or into an office. Um, and after she was settled, that's when, you know, I came Uh, But it was really cute because that's actually where she met uh, my stepfather. So she ended up working at a corporation, but she still didn't speak English fully. And he was completely American, born in Boston, never been outside the country, but he just had the connection with her. So they would communicate through letters. So he would write her a letter in English, give it to her, and she would go home and translate it like with her dictionary. Oh my God, so cute. (laughs) Yes. And then she would do the same. So she would write him a letter in Spanish and then he would go and translate it. And they communicated like this for months um, until they finally went on a date like six months later. And then I think they got married uh, probably a year after that. Um, And then once that they were settled, then that's when I came over. Oh, so your mom, she 
she went to the U.S. before you did? Uh, yes, she did. So she went to school. Oh, okay. Like she she came over, and then she actually she would work during the day, and then at night she would go to um, like an English institute or just a place. You know how colleges sometimes have English classes, so she would go to those. And then I think too, what really helped her uh, learn fast was. Uh, my my stepfather. Well, he wasn't my stepfather at the time, but just having that relationship with him because she had to translate his letters from English to Spanish mm-hmm. and vice versa. So I think that also really helped her uh, pick up the language quickly. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh my God, that's such a cute story. <laughs> but you, you, you being in Colombia, like you didn't have your mom there. So like, how was that for, I don't know how long that was for you, but how was it not having your mom around so much and like then going over. Like, do you remember that portion? I do. Um, so I actually lived, uh, well, we, my brother and I lived with my aunt and she is just an amazing woman. And yes, of course, you know, I miss my mom, you know, because I was a kid and you're used to your mom and everything. But I was really fortunate that my aunt was just an individual that just had so much love to give. And yeah, just so much to learn from that uh, she really kind of helped me not be completely heartbroken from the fact that I was there without my mom. And then having my brother around that kind of kept my constant, you know, and having our relationship and we were supporting each other. So I think that that made things uh, easier. Yeah. And how long were you without your mom? I think it was a couple of years. Uh, I think maybe it was around two years before before I came to live with her. Yeah. And I I ask because this is so common, right? Like parents, either one or both, um, they go to the U.S. to try to like get everything settled, right? Before they can bring their children over. And so it's just a very common immigration story that I think people should know about because it does happen so frequently in the community, Um, sometimes by choice and sometimes because it's just they don't have the means to yet. So I think it's just, again, a very important thing to highlight. Like this is reality for a lot of first gens, for a lot of immigrants. Yeah. And, you know, and I feel like my story, I was just very fortunate because actually my brother and I were just talking about this yesterday, that my aunt is just an amazing woman because we were thinking about it. Think about it. Like all of a sudden she wasn't married. She didn't have kids. And all of a sudden, they, they drop two kids off at her house, one that is around nine or 10, and the other one is 15. And now she's an automatic parent overnight. And how she handled wow. the situation, we're just amazed of how she was able to navigate that because nobody ever thinks of that. You know, always people like, okay, you were a kid. But it's like, wow, this woman took on two children that weren't even hers and really kind of loved them and embraced them. And as you know, culturally, that's what we do. Family is the most important thing. And we really just appreciate and love her and just learn so much from her that it's it's amazing. How old was she? Was she like significantly younger or how old was she? So I think she was in her 30s. At that point, maybe like mid thirties, um, and and she hadn't she was she wasn't married at that point, and she she never had kids. And then I think at one point, it's like we say uh, we have three parents: we have my mom, my dad, and Tia, and she's kind of you know like a a, a parent, and she gets like a parent category and a parent you know. Uh, gold star on her own oh my gosh well I love that so going back to like you in in the U.S. and you moving over how was it growing up in in your small you said it was a small town right in New Jersey you know I think it's it's uh I loved it. I mean, to be honest with you, I I really didn't experience any 
like heartache or terrible stories. I mean, people were kind to me. They were nice. I didn't speak a word of English and they would go out of their way to communicate with me and to, you know, I, I would carry around a little translator and anything I needed, I would type in and then it would give me the word and then I would pronounce it very badly. <laughs> And they would go yeah. out of their way to really help me, you know, navigate the new culture and the new environment. So I was very fortunate that I just came into a, an area where people were just really nice. And, you know, yeah. and I also think that is my mindset because I always focus on the positive of every situation And I don't let any negativity or anything bad take the best of me. So I think I just always saw the good. And I had a really good friend. I always say she taught me English and she's still one of my best friends today. Uh, like literally she taught me my first song. And uh, <laughs> what was the first song? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Okay, well, let's just say, okay, I'm going to sing a little bit and just let you know it's not completely appropriate, okay? <laughs> just warning you. Oh my God, no worries. <laughs> so it was, and I have a terrible voice, but I'm going to do it anyway. So it was, uh, let's, do it. let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about, and that was the song. <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> It's like, you know, when people are like, oh, you always know the bad words first in every language. It's kind of like that, huh? <laughs> yeah. Gee. I love yeah. it. Now that song's going to be stuck in my head. <laughs> oh. oh, I love that. Though. No, it's 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 a real blessing to to move somewhere and really feel like it's okay. Like, it's okay that you're not similar to them, right? It's okay that you don't speak the language as perfectly as they do. It's like to have that safe environment is everything. So I think that's a very beautiful story that you're like, I had great people around me. And did you end up staying in New Jersey? Like, did you move out? Like, I want to now kind of dig deep into your story, right? Like from that moment to you growing up, going into the professional world, going to college, if you did go to college, like, What was that whole experience like? Yeah, so so I was there for at that school for about two years, and then we moved. Um, so I think we moved about three times within that time. And back then, there wasn't any Facebook or like you didn't have a cell phone when you were little. So like there was really no way to keep in contact with a lot of your friends at that point. Um, and we just moved a lot. And then um, before I graduated high school, I ended up going to Columbia again for a couple of years. And then I came back. So I, I, I just moved, I think, every two years for most of, you know, my life until I graduated high school. So I think that also kind of gave me like a big part of me is like I was saying, I love to travel and I'm not afraid to take risk. Um, and I think part of that is because I did move so much. I knew that wherever you go, you have the ability to create new experiences, open new doors, create new paths, meet new people. So it kind of gave me a sense of adventure and Uh, a sense of exploring and wanting to know more and wanting to learn more for for like the world, which is actually a big part of me. And I don't think I would I would be that way today if I wouldn't have had to move every like so often when I was little. Right, right. And so did you? Um, so once you graduated high school, did you end up going to college? Did you start working after? What did like Claudia's life look like after that fact? So I did. Uh, so I, I went back to Colombia. I had started uh, going to college and then my mom got sick. So uh, she had a heart attack. So I ended up coming back here to help her because she was always healthy. She ate right. She didn't stay up late. So they said sometimes it just happens like uh, 
she had this happen to her. So I came up to kind of help her get through that. And I ended up starting to uh, go to county college here. And then I lived with her trying to help her. And I worked two jobs. So I worked uh, at a regular corporate office. Uh, and then I bartended. And then I went to school. So I think I slept probably like three to four hours a night for <laughs> a long time. Your meal. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, um so I did that for, for a long time. And then eventually um, I got hired for another company that they did international business. And so I was still doing, I was just working international business. Like I was the, um, I was the, the in-between person for all their Central and South American clients. Uh, and then they, like we built the machines. So it ended up, um, that between like bartending and the school so I was like okay if they give me a raise like I can stop bartending and so I stopped bartending but I was still going to school and then eventually my boss at that time um she said to me you know Claudia like you have the job that people want when they graduate college and you haven't had the ability to like give it more because you always have to go to class in this and she's like, you might want to consider like dropping one of your classes or taking one class instead of four, you know. So she kind of talked me through it and I thought about it and I ended up doing that. So I became a part-time student um, while I was doing this. And yeah, and then I just, my career kind of exploded from there. So within that, then I had the lead. So I was kind of like the director for that entire area. And I was a baby, you know, I think I was like 19, 20 years old. And then, mm -hmm. yeah, and then after that, um, I got hired into medical and I ended up managing an entire medical practice. So I had like, I, I got, I found that I had no problem jumping industries and then I would advance very quickly within any organization I went into. And so I just continue to do that. If I was given an opportunity, even if it was a different industry or an industry I didn't know, I would say absolutely. And then I would figure out how to do it or I would research the industry or the lingo or whatever it was that I needed to do to be the best at whatever I was doing. And I, I just love just being part of a corporation and just giving it my all. And then my last corporate experience, um, actually, I really, really loved because it was my opportunity to give back to the Latino community. Like I said before, I mm -hmm. feel that I am so fortunate that I came into an area where I had really amazing people. I was able to find really great mentors since I was very young. Um, that like helped me and would guide me and give me advice. So I was so fortunate in so many ways. And I know that story is not the same for everybody. So with the Latino market uh, vice president position, that gave me the ability to be able to give back, to be able to give uh, Latinos, you know, Latinas, Latinx, you know, uh, the opportunity to have a career, to get a coach, to get a mentor, to work with Latino organizations in the different communities we were in, um, work on empowering language and education and, you know, all the things that we can do to become a better culture in general, right? And to empower mm -hmm. and help each other succeed and um, achieve greater success in whatever area we're, we were in. So that was a really rewarding position to have the ability to impact so many lives um, and change the path of so many people. I absolutely love that role. Um, but as you can probably tell by now, like the theme in my life is always growth. Continue to learn, continue to be better. Once you know better, do better. Um, and that's kind of been my theme. So it got to the point where I was really comfortable and I loved what I did, but it was time for me to continue to grow. And that's when I decided to start Books Made Easy, which is my company. Um, so now I own my own business 
And I love it. That's the Latina hustle right there. <laughs> and like, you know, even going back to your childhood, the the moves, you know, every two years, you going back and forth from Colombia to, to New Jersey, to the U.S., to taking care of your mom, to having these jobs. And I, I feel like just, again, like you were saying, hearing the theme of your life is really about growth, about taking risks, about what's next, right? And I think that's such a, a very common like Latino thing. Like we're hustlers, right? Because that's how we grew up with our parents being those hustlers trying to figure out where we're going to move next and what are we going to do next? And I feel like that's just a common theme that I've been seeing in every in every conversation that I have with the community. It's like it's so ingrained in us that hustle that that want to do better and what's next and what else can I do? And I feel that too, right? So I'm just like inspired by what you're talking about like this is true. <laughs> like you really did go through all that hustle, all that growth. So the fact that you're an entrepreneur now, I'm like, yes, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I um, I think it's the same way. And I feel the same thing, you know, culturally is what we do. And that's why I love what I do, because I think that um, sometimes even you know, we get to a position where it's very comfortable. And I think that's when I come in and I try to push individuals past those boundaries and help them, you know, grow professionally. It's like, okay, where do you want to be? Where do you want to grow? What's your end game? What position do you want? Like, what do you really want in your career? And I'm going to help you get there. And, um, you know, and then I love that. And, you know, a big part of my business is the Latino community because, yeah, we're hustlers and we want to continue to grow and we want to continue to explore and, and learn more. Yeah, well, I think this is a perfect segue into our, our segment, Cafecito en Chisme. And that's where you really talk about what you're up to now, jobs, passion projects, relationships. It can be about anything. But I want to talk about your business, Books Made Easy. Talk about the birth of that. How did that even come about? And I think we can go into a deeper, what, do you, what is the business and how can people get involved? But first, I really love knowing the why. Like, why did you create it? How did it come about? So, and I love the cheese <laughs> Yeah, cheese <Chismecito. laughs> See, um, So, I, I think I said before, I was in corporate and I absolutely loved what I did, but I, I, I started getting antsy. Like, I knew it was time to continue to grow. And then I found through throughout the way because I loved so much what I did. I also lost a part of myself in the process, meaning like, I wasn't making time for family as much because I was always working. Um, I had stopped volunteering. I had stopped like doing a lot of the things that are extremely important to me because work was just taking every hour I had. And because I was leading a team, I felt like I had to make sure they were empowered, they were okay. So I was always on. Didn't matter when they need me, I was always available for them. Um, and then, so I lost my, my footage. I lost my, my balance a little bit. So once I started realizing this and just the travel and all this, I'm like, okay, something needs to change. And, um, I started to look around and then I decided to leave, not quite knowing what I was going to do, but knowing that I would figure it out and I would be fine. And, I started to do a little bit of soul searching, you know, what was important to me and what was I good at and what was my passion and what I enjoyed. Um, and then at one point I had my resume out there and I kept getting job offers and I kept finding something wrong with each one of them. And then I do have a, another saying in life that I live by, which is if you encounter the same result, with different people, different situation, and the outcome's the same, you really have to think, is it really them or is it you, right? So Say that again. <laughs> that so, is such an important thing to highlight. Yeah, so I, I feel like if you continue to have the same outcome in different situations with different people, um, just in different scenarios, the outcome is the same, you have to think, is it 
them or really is it you? So after I started declining every job, there wasn't really anything wrong with them. I said, is it really the job offers? Is it really, you know, um, the companies or whatever it is that I was saying no to? Or really is it because in my heart, I know that's not what I want to do. And so I had to realize it's me. And I don't want to go back into corporate at this time. So I need to stop focusing at all in any type of job search that doesn't involve my heart, my soul, and what I want to do next. Um, And that's kind of how Books Made Easy grew because, uh, like I said, growth is extremely important to me. I've always read professional books. They've helped me so much. I always did listen to podcasts, listen to TED Talks, listen to videos. Like I was always looking for ways to better myself and to empower my teens. So I found that a lot of the time when I was coaching others and I would suggest books or I would suggest videos, they never really quite made the time to see that through. Uh, but I know personally how important growth is. So I figure if I can create a company where I can create a venue where individuals that are extremely busy can have the professional growth without a huge time commitment, I think that would be beneficial for everybody. And it would definitely mm-hmm. you know, take care of some of the leadership gap we have today. And so it just became brainstorming different ways that it could be done, different ways that it can do it. Um, and then finally, I decided uh, that it was books. So I would take professional books and make workshops. But the key being that is not a book summary, is not um, just me telling you about the book, it's actual exercises. So you understand how you can apply the content of the book in your everyday life. It's my passion. And then of course, also, I do a coaching piece with it. So I coach professionals to achieve their professional goals. I work with corporations in creating specific training. So they'll tell me, um, you know, we have these individuals that are uh, individual contributors, and now they're going to lead a team. So I help them develop those skills and those systems and the process to be able to lead those teams effectively. So everything is to do with growth and, you know, helping individuals realize and maximize their potential. Yeah, it's very on brand for you. (laughs) (laughs) But one thing that I'm noticing, and that's very poetic is, you know, from the beginning of your story talking about how you would, you were thrown into these classes where you didn't know anything, right? You didn't know the language, but you were learning and you had those two months of like, I'm going to figure this out to you now doing workshops and reading books and, and synthesizing it and doing workshops. Like that to me is amazing. And it's poetic because you were the Spanish speaker who knew nothing of English to now, this is what you do in life. You literally like help people read these books and help them grow. So I'm just like, that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. And who who do you uh, primarily serve just out of curiosity? Uh, So it's primarily corporations, but then I do work also with nonprofit organizations or uh, Latina organizations. I do a lot of work actually with Latina organizations. So they'll hire me and I'll do specific workshops or uh, sometimes I just do talks about growth or empowerment or leadership. So it just depends. Um, I used to do um, individual workshops that anybody could attend. Uh, but then once the face-to-face interaction ended, uh, those are just more difficult. So we haven't done a lot of those uh, since, you know, the pandemic started. So it's been mostly corporations. Mm-hmm. Y hablando de la pandemia, like how has that been for your business? So I think it was also an adjustment period, I think, like how many individuals had to kind of reinvent themselves during this time. Uh, So 
I had I was doing extremely well right before and I was having one of our best months and we had contracts out through a lot of the year and then everything canceled or postponed the second week in March. So I went from yay doing the little dance, you know, this is going to be great to <laughs> what just happened and I don't even know what to do right now. So of course, I'm human. So I had my good cry and I had my boohoo and I felt really bad for myself for a few days. And, you know, I watched my sad movies and had my cry. And and then and then I said, you know, when if I really want this bad, I will find a way. There is a way I just have to find it. And just went back to the mindset of you can make this happen. And so all I did was really kind of um, tweak our brand a little bit. So instead of being two hour workshops, I was able to make them one hour webinars. Um, A lot of times instead of just focusing in one book, I would combine books. So it would be, for example, leading employees remotely. And then I would use content from three or four separate books. Um, So I just made little tweaks that work better through this environment. I also started partnering up with other individuals that are also consultants or speakers or coaches uh, within our industry. And I said, you know what, let's, you know, combine networks, let's combine skills. Uh, This is what you have. This is what I have. I like, let's work together. And, um, and and that really helped. So now we're back in, you know, in business, and we're doing well, and we're getting contracts. And so it, it, but I definitely had that adjustment period, because we went from it's, I would say 98% of our business was face-to-face. So we definitely had to do some reinventing during that time. Oh my gosh. So again, I'm thinking of these, I'm connecting the dots between your story and what you do now and just the situations that happen in life. And, you know, one thing that I, I always think about is that our community is no stranger to just (laughs) life, like, like struggle, sacrifice, those things are so, so a part of us and so a part of our, our community. But what I love about our community, especially the immigrant community and the first gen community is that there's so much resilience. There's so much resourcefulness. And one thing that I love that you said is like, you gave yourself time to just like be in the feels, right? You're like, I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna watch my movies. It's okay. But then you got back up and you're like, all right, let's start thinking of ways to to keep this business going, to keep pivoting. And I think like, again, right there, that's the Latino hustle. That's the Latina, that's the Latina badass in you. <laughs> Thank you. And, and you know what's funny too? Like, I think one thing that I learned through this pandemic as well was because I was always the strong one. I was always helping people, coaching people up. I was always keeping it together. And like, I never really learned a lot how to say, hey, I'm not okay, I need help, right? Like I did have mentors that I would go to with, hey, I'm in this situation. How would you approach? Or what do you think? Let's talk it out. But I was never like, hey, I'm crumbling a little bit here. Like, what do I do? Like, I'm spinning right now. And through this, and as I was having my sad and like I was saying, like, there's got to be a way, part of that process of it's got to be a way is I got to think outside the box. And if I don't ask for help right now, I'm not going to be able to see beyond what I see in front of me. So I reached out to professionals I admired in different industries and I said, hey, I'm stuck and I need help. I need your brain. This is what I do. How do you think we can rebrand? Can can we do a brainstorming session? Can you help me with that? So it really allowed me to get out of my comfort zone of always being the strong one to really have a place to be vulnerable and really ask for help. 
Oh man, asking for help is everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, you know, just from thinking about myself and my family, like that's something that our family doesn't do very often. So I don't know if that's maybe something that like, I don't want to put that on all of Latinos or all of our, you know, culturas, but that's something that my family does a lot. Like they don't ask for help. And just like you, right, they reach out to professionals or mentors and they're like, okay, like, what do you recommend? But they never show that vulnerability. They never really show like it's a struggle right now. (laughs) But the fact that you were like, well, I'm going to ask for help because I need help and I'm going to be real. I'm going to be honest. I think people are craving that more than ever right now, right? They want that authenticity, that honesty. And I think like for you to say that, I think is really powerful to put yourself in that vulnerable position of, listen, I don't have it all figured out. (laughs) Um, I need help. Like that is huge. It's so big. It's so big. So I'm just like hoping everyone that's listening can like take that, right? And just be okay with it. You know what? It's funny that you say about family because that was a big one for me as well during this time. So my brother has always been really, we've been really close our whole life. Um, but during this process and me opening up and becoming vulnerable to him had the same effect. So he was facing some things professionally and then he opened up to me and then we've been sharing a lot of time together because I've been working, you know, from his home in, in Florida, uh, for a couple of weeks every month. And, and then we found like, I was looking at him and I'm like, you're my best friend. Like, Oh my God, I teared up a little bit. (laughs) Oh, I was not expecting that. (laughs) Anyway, um, so he's become like my best friend, but it all happened because we opened up and we shared and we helped each other. Oh, that that is so beautiful. I hope he's (laughs) listening to this episode. Like, oh my God, yeah. But no, I mean, that's, that's so beautiful. You say that because once that vulnerability is out there, even with family, like I haven't had a vulnerable conversation with my family and probably ever until I started it. Right. I'm like, let's talk about what's going on, (laughs) but it really does create that bond where it's like, wow, you really are not just my brother, but you are my best friend. I think that's a very beautiful thing. And it shows that vulnerability really is the the gateway to a powerful connection, whether it's family, friends, strangers. <laughs> I would definitely recommend it. <laughs> yes, thank you for sharing that with us, though. That's beautiful. I'm really enjoying this conversation. I know we're kind of like coming to, to the end, but I'm really curious, how can people connect with you? How can they connect with Books Made Easy? How can they reach out to you? I will give you my email and then I'll also... Um, send you guys all the links um, that way you have them but if I can help any of you guys in any way if you need uh, advice professional if I can help you create your professional development plan if you just want to chat somebody to hear I'm all about empowering the community our community and those around me so feel free to reach out uh, I promise I'll get back to you. So my email is Claudia at booksmadeeasynow.com. Love it. And then the last thing we do on the show, it's my favorite part, um, is we do a virtual brindis, which I know we have cafecito. I always say this every episode. People know I'm rebranding what it means to do brindis, <laughs> but uh, with our cafecito, I want to close with a virtual cheers. And what I like doing here is I'm a big believer in manifestation, right? Like, and not just manifesting, but putting in work toward that. And I think there's power in voicing whatever it is that you want to happen, you know, because you subconsciously kind of work mm-hmm. toward that goal. But in terms of manifesting, I'm a big believer in it. And I, again, I know there's power in words. You, you have a company that shows that very thing, right? That shows the power in words. But I want to close with the virtual cheers and manifest some good for our Latinos, for our community. So what do you want to cheers to and what do you want to manifest? Okay, so um, I think I want to cheers to 
us Latinos because we really have gone through a lot as a culture. You know, we've had a lot of obstacles. And like we were saying through this episode, we always find a way to stay strong and keep forging ahead. So I want to cheers to us. And what I want to manifest um, is for us to empower each other and really embrace our strengths as Latinos and help somebody, help somebody today that bring them up to where you are and continue to guide, mentor, coach, and help people so we can all grow together as a culture and be even more powerful than we already are. Yes, I love that. That is such, I want to take a moment (laughs) to soak that part in because it's so important, supporting our own community, being there for our own community and lifting up our own community. I think it's so powerful. And I always say, if we don't do it, who else will, right? Exactly. So I love that. I'm going to soak it in. Salud. Gracias. Thank you for being on this episode. I you're amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Salud. And thank you for having me. I really enjoyed and loved our talk. Yes, of course. And again, your brother should be listening and should be like, oh, man. <laughs> I need a hug, Claudia, right now. <laughs> I'm going to tell him he made me cry. <laughs> Muchísimas gracias for tuning into today's episode con Claudia Rojas. Connect with her on IG at Books Made Easy Now or Rojas Claudia M and find her on LinkedIn and Facebook. Remember to tune in next week for more Cafecito en Chisme and more Hello Latino Love. Follow me on Twitter at Olavis Jasmine, Instagram at Ojasmine with four A's and find me on LinkedIn. And check out my website, odalisjasmine.com. Con mucho amor, Domingo Andreña. And stick around to hear from Chris Gates, co-founder of Rizon. Gente, what's up? This is Chris Gates. I had the pleasure of being Odalis' guest in the Cuba Through My Eyes episode of this amazing podcast. Today, I want to invite you to a free month's membership to my startup, RiseOn. Founded by two first-gen Latinos, RiseOn is like taking a Zumba class for your mental and emotional health. Our mission is to build humans from the inside out, and we help first-gen folks just like you to grow and to heal. So whether you're struggling with life's challenges or just thirsty for a community to help you grow, RiseOn is for you. Every week, we create a space for mindful introspection in community. That's what you get when you mix mindfulness, journaling, coaching, and vulnerable conversations. It's a space to be seen authentically, to develop self-awareness and build inner skills alongside a group of inspiring peers. Our goal is to help you to tap into your own power consistently, to find perspective, clarity, and direction anytime you need it. Over the past two years, we've designed hundreds of experiences for our clients to do just this. These are entrepreneurs and young professionals who trace their roots to some 20 countries. Folks who, despite being brilliantly talented and looking like they got it all together from the outside, are working through some real life challenges. So join us. We'd like to invite every listener of this podcast to experience a Rise On membership for free for an entire month. That includes our weekly Rise On sessions, live and online, plus on-demand mindfulness content and daily community support. To activate your free month Rise On membership, visit www.riseon.life. That's R-I-S-O-N dot L-I-F-E. Rise On dot life. Mi gente, let's rise on.